getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929 ESPN. The co-host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show here in Memphis weekdays from 2 until 4. My co-host on the program is RJ Choppy. He's also the co-host of Shannon. RJ, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in the Metroplex. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, we blink and college football season's over. Obviously, we still got the NFL going strong, but we got bowl season. But more importantly, we got our final four teams for the college football playoff. RJ, I feel like we told everybody six weeks ago this thing has a tendency to sort itself out. It felt like it sorted itself out this weekend. It, it did. Uh, and the uh, the pro 12-team playoff folks are, you know, they're not the happiest right now because it did sort itself out. And, and even though I, I, I wouldn't hate a 12-team playoff, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, I'm not signing petitions for one either. Uh, it, uh, it, it did sort itself out, though. The regular season in college football – is for my money the best regular season in sports because it's basically you cannot afford to lose. And if you do lose, you put yourself and your fate in the hands of 12 angry men and women in Grapevine, Texas, in a ballroom at a hotel that nobody can really afford to go to. Uh, that, that, that's basically what winds up happening. And, and that's not how you want to live your life. That's not how you want to have your, your fate determined in sports. You want to play it on the field. Uh, but what happens when you lose, that's why the college football regular season – I think it's second to none. I completely agree. One of my favorite aspects, though, about last year's college football playoff was when the committee heroically decided to still meet in that hotel that you talked about. It's like they weren't they weren't giving up that opportunity to to go to that hotel and grapevine. They're like, we got it. No, no, we got to meet in person. Like that's that's part of it. We got we got to. It's like yeah, okay. We 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 see where you're going, but let's let's discuss what happened last week because you 100% nailed it. You. You abided by the the smart principle of if Nick Saban is getting points, I should take those points. And Alabama, not only did they cover, they won in convincing fashion. I I suspect even you didn't think it was going to be that easy. And I, I, I really, from your perspective, when you saw what Alabama did to Georgia, as you're reacting in real time, like what's going through your mind? Look, I didn't even think Alabama was going to win. I just thought they were going to cover. I mean, we're still talking like, you know, this isn't a, this wasn't a one and a half point spread. We were talking about this thing was upwards of a touchdown, uh, six and a half. So I still didn't think they were going to win, but I thought, I think it closed at seven and a half. I think you were getting a full touchdown. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I got it at six and a half. That, that, that's big. Now we're talking about a touchdown and more. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of points to give to a saving team. And I'm watching this game, and I, I really couldn't believe it. And, and the first thing that thought to my head was I kind of half smirked. And I was like, oh, Georgia, Georgia. Like, this, this you know, it's kind of what happens. Like, this is what Georgia does. It's what they do best. And, and they've been doing this for, you know, they've been social distancing from the national championship for 41 years. Yes. And they, they, just, they just have. And, and they got to a point where they had to deal with success. And they had to deal with being the hunted. And you could be off your game against Florida, against Tennessee, 
against Clemson this year. You can't be off your game against Alabama. Uh, Alabama showed uh, that they are still here. And, and for all of the nitpicking that we did, maybe un- unfairly comparing. Like, like last year, they had the Heisman Trophy winner and the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. Um, and they don't have those guys this year. Well, that doesn't mean that they don't have a Heisman Trophy winner that's that's playing quarterback, and it doesn't mean that they don't have other great players uh, that are on that team. It just simply was a, a clinic by Nick Saban. It really is funny how in this year in which I actually found this year in college football to be really interesting, not yeah. necessarily just because, oh, we started to get some new blood in, it was just a week-to-week thing. You didn't know what to expect. And so it was it was interesting from the perspective of you didn't know what you were going to get. It is funny in a year in which everything kind of felt topsy-turvy and it felt like the only constant that we had all season was Georgia's really good. Everyone else is kind of in this middle tier of we don't know. It is funny now, RJ, as we sit here before the playoff begins. Alabama's the number one seed. And it feels like, at least to me, they're a pretty overwhelming favorite. Like It's kind of funny how we took the circuitous route just to get back to basically where we were right after Alabama dusted Miami on Labor Day weekend. Oh, they're still here. Yeah, that, that's, uh, it's interesting you say that because we were discussing this on, on, on my weekly radio show. You know, is this Alabama's title to lose? And, and when my co-host said that, and I was like, no, 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 no. It's not, it's Alabama. No, no. And then for a second, I paused. I was like, well, wait a minute. I think it now is. Uh, I, I just and, and this is look. I I am I'm a weird dude, right? I I hate rematches. I I don't like if Alabama plays Georgia in the final and they lose, I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate like they've already beat them. They don't need to beat them again. They already beat them. Um, but I know it's gonna happen. But it definitely now is Bama's title to lose. Uh, I, I don't know if Georgia didn't show everything. I don't know what Georgia was doing. Maybe they didn't try. Maybe they knew they were going to get in anyway, and they kind of gave a half effort. But Alabama, I mean, the big nasty up front uh, was, was, was not as impactful for Georgia as we thought. And maybe that's because Bama sped things up a little bit, uh, which is what you can do against this team. You know, I was at the game in Tennessee, and if three plays in, he was, you know, Jordan was off the field. Yep. He was gassed on the third play. He was like down. Uh, and, and that's how you got to beat them. You've got to take care and take, get rid of their biggest advantage, which is 340 pound guys. You can run a four or five. Yeah. The thing that was fascinating to me to watch in real time was we'd spent much of the season talking about, is there a team that can score on Georgia and get them off script? Because even though the efficiency numbers said Georgia's offense was very good, it's one of the most efficient offenses, I think deep down in the back of our minds are like, they don't want to get into shootout. Like, that's just not where they're comfortable. And you could tell, even though they jumped up on Alabama 10 to nothing, I credit Alabama for kind of staying the course. And then obviously they hit, you know, they hit full pedal to the metal. And Georgia, when they had to kind of get into that game, they got really uncomfortable. And I think the thing that is fascinating to your point of, is it Alabama's to lose at this point? I think we've seen from Alabama that they're the only team remaining that can win any style of game. We saw them win, you know, a, a classic defensive low scoring two touchdown game 
against LSU. We saw them win blowouts. We've seen them win in shootouts. We've seen them win kind of that in-between. They, you know, they went on the road in the swamp, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't comfortable, but they found ways to win those games, whereas Georgia, it seems like it's been the same script where, hey, they want to stay in control. Even if it's kind of close on the scoreboard, they know that they're going to wear you down. I do now wonder with Georgia, do they have to make an adjustment? Because I'm like you, what Alabama did to them made them uncomfortable. But at the same time, the other issue that I'm seeing watching that game is this is a very clear and obvious difference. One team has Bryce Young, who's playing out of his mind. Yeah. The other team has Stetson Bennett. And while Bennett wasn't awful, you know, he makes yeah. he throws a pick six. He throws another interception. He was terrible on third downs. Like, their conversion numbers were horrible. Money downs, they just weren't very good. And if it really weren't for Brock Bowers, I think that 17-point blowout might be even more. And the other thing that was fascinating to me is it's the second straight year that Alabama and Georgia have played with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Final score is 41-24. I do wonder, I don't know if JT Daniels is the solution either because, again, the guy couldn't beat out Keaton Slovis at USC. But I do wonder, are they having to have a conversation of, guys, do we have to do something different here with the offense? Well, they might have to because, you know, if you were to just take a betting strategy of, I am going to take the better quarterback to cover every game, you're going you're, you're gonna to win money. You don't get cute. And Bryce Young's the better quarterback. And Stetson Bennett, like, the best thing about him is his name. Like, that's, that's yes. the best thing about him. And it's a great name. Okay, it's one of the all-time great. Especially to be the quarterback at Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. John Parker Wilson was perfect for Alabama. Absolutely, right? great. With and and he came with Bama bangs. Like it was perfect. Yeah. Like he was like if you were if you were doing central casting for an Alabama quarterback, like it's John Parker Wilson, and he's got blonde, like blonde Bama bangs. Yeah, and then Stetson Bennett is the perfect one at Georgia. He just is. It, it's 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 a match made in heaven, uh, and and that's the best thing about him right now. They need to figure out what they're going to do for this, uh, you know, against obviously against Michigan. And if they're lucky enough to get uh, to Alabama, uh, should Bama make it, which they should, uh, then then they got to figure that out because they can't go in with the same thing again. Uh, I, I don't know. Like Georgia, like you're right. They, they won the game. They won. They had one game script all year. It was blow you out. Even the Clemson game that was 10-3, that was a three touchdown, seven point victory. Like there yes. was. Clemson was never in that football game at 10-3. It was a blowout at 10-3. Uh, like, when, when else did Georgia trail this year? Uh, the game that you were at, and yeah. they trailed for one possession. One possession. Like, they, they trailed for, like, a couple of minutes. Like, that's it. Like, that, they barely trailed all season long. Uh, and, and then here they are. They're getting their butts whooped. All right, let's turn our attention to the other side of last week. Michigan didn't even flirt with Iowa. They get up on them early in the first quarter. They had kind of an apathetic second quarter, but then in, obviously in the second half, they get the third quarter touchdown, and then you see Harbaugh. I, I'll be honest. I know Harbaugh rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I love swaggy Harbaugh. When, they're, when, the, when the cameras are catching him saying, listen, we have, a chance to, we have a chance to be the number one seed and run it up, like I'm all in on that Harbaugh, you know, telling Ryan Day he was born on third base. Give me all of this. I love this version of Harbaugh. I don't like the beaten dog Harbaugh. It's just not as fun to me. I love the characters in the sport. In your mind, 
did Michigan kind of get screwed here? Do you think that they had a better case for the number one seed, or do you think that in the end they made the right call giving it to Alabama? They did have a case uh, for the number one seed just because they're a one-loss conference champ. Um, but you knew they were never going to do that because they would have had to push Georgia to four. Um, and quite frankly, uh, you have to protect your number one seeds. Yeah. And and if Michigan was the number one seed, having to play Georgia, man, that ain't protecting the number one seed uh, at all. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they had a technical case because conference champ, you know, big win against Ohio. They, they, they probably had the best win of the year. Right? I mean, well, see, though, didn't, that change, didn't that change on Saturday? I mean, we all yes. were in agreement, yes. like, that Georgia has been the most consistent. Like, they, they never really fought. I do think in the end, you have to say that Alabama finished the year with the best win. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe you're right they did. Um, uh, you know, It Oregon. is funny, though, but to your, to your point, though, I think as soon as we saw Georgia get beat, we did exactly what you said to start the segment. Ah, Georgia's back. Like, Georgia's always yeah. going to Georgia. And it's somehow, even though when you look at what they accomplished this season on paper, which is tremendous, up through the regular season, they had one one-score game. They blew everybody out. They were awesome against the number. But it's like as soon as we saw the same old game script, we're just like, eh, Georgia being Georgia. That's it. That's Georgia does. Um, but, yeah, so maybe Alabama did have the win of the year uh, at that point. I, again, you're splitting hairs between Michigan and Alabama. And when you beat Georgia, the number one team in the nation, the team that's barely trailed all year, and you really put it to them, and your name is Alabama – um, like if Oklahoma state was in the same situation, Alabama was, and they happened to beat Georgia. I don't know that they leapfrog Michigan. Uh, if Baylor was in that position, I don't know that they leapfrog Michigan, but Alabama is going to leapfrog them. Uh, most schools, most major programs in the sec probably would have leapfrogged, uh, uh, Michigan in that point. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. All right, let's actually look at the matchups. Obviously, Alabama and Cincinnati, the 1-4 game. That'll be the early game out in Arlington at Jerry's World. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Alabama right now, I think it's around 13 and a half. Obviously, I don't know how you feel about these playoff games. I'm going to flip-flop back and forth at least seven times before I finally bet this game. And then with Michigan and Georgia, the Orange Bowl, right now Georgia minus seven and a half. RJ, my early inclination is I'm going to lay it with Bama, and then I feel like I want to take the points – I feel like I want to take the points of Michigan. You know, I, uh, I'm scared of the Cincinnati game. I yeah. have no frame of reference on Cincinnati. None. Like they, they, they could, I'm trying to think of like, uh, like what's a comp. Is there a college basketball comp to Cincinnati? Is it Gonzaga? Like what? There's, you have no frame of reference on how good they can be against yeah. the competition. It scares me. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably a decent comp. All right, when we come back, we got the Army-Navy game. We'll get into what we're betting on that side. Plus, we got bowl games coming up. We're going to tell you the coaches you can trust and the ones you can't. Stick around. You're listening to BetQLU. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. 
And we welcome you back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Only one FBS college football game this weekend. RJ, it's always a sad weekend, Heisman weekend, especially now that it feels like the Heisman's pretty much already predetermined. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But I enjoy the Army-Navy game, but it's always just kind of a bummed out Saturday because you've just been used to, even last week on Championship Week, when we had a much smaller slate, you've just been used to having multiple games wall-to-wall, basically from 11 until the end of the night when you're sticking up to see if Cal was actually going to hold on and cover uh, against USC. But we've got Army-Navy game. Here's the deal. I view the Army-Navy game the same way that I view Bedlam. All the smart information probably told you to take the under in Bedlam this year. But there's just a few games where you sit there and you go, screw it. I know I'm a system guy, but I'm, I'm forgetting it. I never want the under. In Bedlam, I always want the over. I don't care how low they make this number. In the Army-Navy game, I always, always, always want the under. I've got it right now at 34.5. I think it's even dropped to 33.5. Every analytic out there is going to tell you the over is a slam dunk. Sharps are even hammering it. I applaud them. However, I don't care if it's a dumb bet. I think it's the right bet. 15 straight unders in this game. RJ, it is just the classic example. It's two service academies going against each other. You could honestly probably see each team get one possession in each quarter. And since Kenny Numatololo has been at Navy, this is just an under game, and I don't really care what the number is. I want it. Also, in service academy games, the under is 49-2 when two service academies are playing each other. With that being said, are you going to go with the Sharps, RJ? Are you laying off? What are you thinking here? I'm laying off (laughs) 34 and a half. This reminds me of, remember week one or week, maybe it was week zero. I can't remember. Maybe it was week one. It was the Penn State, Wisconsin game. Yes, it was week one. And there was, it was scoreless at the half. Oh yeah. And the second, and the second half, they put the over under for the second half at 21. And I'm like, I I can't take that. I, I can't take that. And, and 21, that would have been the entire game score. Uh, I, I just, it gets to a point where it's just too low. Now, I know, like, in order for it to get to be 34 and a half, like, one of these teams is going to have to score 20. And, like, that, my mind is to 55-50 in college football right now. Yes. 41-38. I can't, I can't grasp, like, Early '90s era Bill Parcells. Yeah, I can't. I can't grasp that. And I'm normally an or, under better. Or Bill Belichick on Monday Night Football. Yeah, like I'm. I'm an under better normally. Like I bet unders and I bet underdogs. Um, I don't know that I could take 34 and a half on the under. Well, and, I'm glad you I don't... said that. The other Big Ten game, Iowa Wisconsin, I believe. That was the smallest total that we had seen this year. It was 36 and a half, still went under. Yeah. I mean, there, there is, it's, you know, it's almost like Kansas uh, used to be. Yeah. There was no number that you could put that was big enough to take Kansas against the spread. That Kansas wasn't going to cover. And maybe there's no number small enough where you don't take the under in Army Navy. Um, I just, I have no faith in the over. And that number is so scary low 
I don't know that I could touch the under. So are you going to touch this? Oh, yeah, I've already bet it. I've got the under. I, I just blindly, when the service academies play, I just, I take the under. Also, Air Force and Army, that game went to overtime at Globe Life Stadium. What's the new, the new baseball? The new baseball. I think the it's new Globe base, Life okay, Stadium. So the new baseball, the dome, is Globe Life Field. Field, the old sorry. One, Stadium, the, yes. The, the old one is Globe Life Park. Ah, because it was but the ballpark. They have changed in that. It is now Choctaw Stadium. Ah, so they've changed that. It's now owned by. It's now named by a casino. Love it. That Love is not it. in our state. But that game went to overtime. Still went under. Yeah. Still yeah. went under, and your boy cashed that ticket. Like it's just. Yeah. It's for me. It's that. It's that auto bet. Now Army, currently laying about seven and a half. I've seen Navy play multiple times. They're really bad. My gut says take the points, especially when it's a touchdown or more. But Army, I just feel like they're the better team on offense. They're the better team on defense. I don't have a strong conviction on either side. The only thing I know that I want is I want the under, and I understand that it, it could be a sweat box and that I could sit there on Saturday and go, well, duh, this number was too low. Like, well, you were an idiot. Yeah. With that being said, like, it's two service academies, two option offenses going against each other. And there's also a part of me that, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of hashtag haters in the world that say it's un-American to take the under in this game. You should root for both teams to score. You should want this. I say nay. nay. I want nay. my service academies to lead in defense. I want them to defend me. I want them to defend the end zone. I don't want there to be any scoring. <laughs> I think it is more patriotic. Yes. And I'm a better American for taking the under, and I will take that to my grave. That's a great point. Never thought of it. Didn't even cross my mind. Absolutely it's love it. It's not the Secretary of Offense. It's the Secretary of Defense. Yes. I, I'm, I'm stealing this. I, I promise you that one. I'm going to well, be using this on Monday. Um, listen, I, I, I'm with you. You know, I, and here's the thing. I We just saw Army score 56 points. Yeah, but that was against Wake. I know. Tackling's it's, optional. It's adjusted. Wait, wait, adjusted. Yep. Tackling is optional. But here's mm. the thing. If you could score, like, if you could throw the football, and they threw the football in that game. Yeah. So if you have the capability of scoring 56, why would you voluntarily choose to score 12? Like, it's, it's just that way that game's played. Like, I did also love the audacity. Uh, I like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how Tennessee fans have gotten over the claw fence with Dave Clawson, but. I did like the audacity of him making a big stink out of Kenny Pickett kind of fake sliding. Yeah. And the fact that, like, oh, you, you got to blow the whistle. Really? What about the other six touchdowns they scored, Dave? Like, oh, yeah. like they, they were just going through your defense like it didn't matter. Like, I, I just, in the end, like, with Army, I throw that out the window. Like, that game just didn't matter. You're playing You're playing way. Listen, I, I, I never would have guessed that Dave Clawson would have been a better head coach than an offensive coordinator, uh, but he turned out to be a abysmal coordinator and a pretty darn good head football coach because that guy can recruit, and he's getting players. They've got playmakers on the outside, and they've got uh, Sam Hartthrob. Uh, that's what I call mm. him. That's a, oh, yeah. I mean, that look, that's a good-looking man. I'm not ashamed to say it. That is top five best-looking quarterbacks I've ever seen. He's on that Jimmy Garoppolo level. Yeah, uh, he really is. You know, like he really is. So he's even he's even trying to keep it fair for the rest of the dudes out there. Like he's got the mullet going and it's not yeah. 
like Grayson McCall's mullet, you sit there, you go, okay, that fits. Like that's what Grayson McCall, like that's a good look for him. Yeah. But with Hartman even doing the, it's like I'm gonna keep it fair for the rest of you. I'm gonna yeah. put a mullet, and I'm still gonna be better looking than all of you. I know, and, and you know the thing that bothers me. It doesn't matter if he shaves or not. If he has a full beard, yeah. he's got that full man beard. Uh, he doesn't have like one of those Kevin Durant beards, those fake yeah. half jerk beards. Like he's got a full man beard, and then when he shaves it, I mean, it's just this golden tan face, and it's like, God dang, man. Oh, it's so annoying. Like, you know, like the mullet. I get it. It's a fad. It's a it's yeah, the style. It. Quinn Ewers has got the best worst mullet I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Speaking of heroes, that kid getting paid like four different times. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, look there. We, we talked about that all week here because he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go to Texas. I know they're going to pay him first round pick money uh, with all the stuff. But to me, like, if you get Quinn, you have no chance of getting Arch Manning, and that—that's the—that's the—that's the whale, right? That's the whale that you hold out for. Um, well, but, can you, if you're Sarkeesian, though, can you afford not to get Quinn? Because no, probably not. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have another year where they're just kind of—I mean, they were bad this year. If they're just even mediocre next year, I mean, it's not like Texas is afraid to fire you after year two. No, they're not. Like the only thing he has going for him, if they if he has another bad year, is that he gets a commitment from Arch Manning and that's, I think that's a job saver, but you know, if he's going to get first round pick money from going to Austin, like how long before Alabama holds her hand up and say, Hey guys, we can't, we can't get NIL deals like that here in Tuscaloosa. And, and they'll say the same thing in Athens and they'll say the same thing in Gainesville. And they'll say the same thing in Columbus and Ann Arbor Ann Arbor. You might be able to get some. You know what I mean? Like, it's sooner or later it's going to be like, we can't have everybody going to Austin and the USC. Yeah, I think if you made me guess, Nick's going to figure out a way to rally the troops, if you will. Uh, I'm yeah. not saying they're going to be able to go dollar for dollar, but I, I think they're going to be able to, I think they're going to be able to match at a certain point. Like, I, if I just know Nick Saban like I think I do, uh, very rarely uh, does he get outbid. Same goes for Kirby Smart. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, when you have a city, and, and I, I think, like, these NIL deals are huge for, like, even for a Vanderbilt. I mean, you're in a major sure. city. If you're in a major city, you've got much, like, if you have Fortune 500 companies there, um, like, what does Tuscaloosa have? Maybe one Fortune 500 company? Austin probably has 12. Yeah, 15, I mean, I... 20. In the end, I think, uh, if you're Nick Saban, you're not looking to the Tuscaloosa business market. You're I think you're probably just yeah. looking to a bunch of rich dudes that uh, that love their tide, and all of a sudden that they've got multiple car dealerships. Like you're just, I think I I don't think it's going to be a match where they get one big guy. I think it's gonna they're going to have to do the uh, get it out of the trough, if you will. Yeah, they might. I mean, look, because if it, if it's stuck to local, I mean, you're you're stuck to local, and that's yeah. You know, some towns are just better. I mean, look, you know, Knoxville, go pilot flying J, baby. I mean, that's all that they got up there. So it's like you know. What do they have in uh, Lexington? What do they have in Louisville? You know, you, you, you sponsor like baseball bats? Yeah, KFC? Yeah. Well, that would be like the perfect – like South Park's got to do something with Eric Cartman getting a KFC NIL deal. Like that that that, that yeah. has to happen coming up on the, on the next one. All right, you mentioned Alabama. You mentioned uh, really the first guy that got the big NIL deal. Nick Saban announced that Bryce Young, before taking even a snap as the starter, he announced it in front of the Texas high school football coaches, he's getting a million dollars. 
And so we've got the Heisman Trophy coming up on Saturday night. I guess really the big question for me is, is there any way he doesn't win? Because I don't really see it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It's very rare that you win the player of the year and then not the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And especially in a year where, like, no one really – like, Kenneth Walker, I thought, had a great year. But there's just something about being the guy that's the running back that's the Heisman favorite in October. That guy never wins, even though he never, never really was, was really that bad. I mean, I know he didn't have a great game against Ohio State. But really, other than that, he continued to put up consistent performances the next two weeks. But it's just the classic, no one took it, and then we are, no matter what we say, we are prisoners of the moment. And that last moment that he had, I mean, that's that's everything everyone wanted was somebody to take it. It felt like he took the reins. He did. Um, you know, and plus the running back just can't impact the game as consistently as the quarterback can, and that's that's what makes it a quarterback award now as, you know, versus what it was when, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it was it was the quarterbacks who, like, I mean, they weren't winning the award as much as they are now. Now it's just become basically the best quarterback award or, uh, you know, Devontae Smith. Like, it's it's really become a much more quarterback-heavy award. I, I thought at, at some point this season, it was, oh, Matt Corral's definitely going to win this thing. Uh, I thought Kenny Pickett made a nice late push uh, that, uh, you know, to win this, but... No, it's it's Bryce's it's Bryce to lose. If he doesn't win this, I will be like, what's a, what would be a more stunning Heisman vote than this one? I don't even really think it's like I know everyone's going to point to Woodson over Peyton, but if you were kind of watching the tea leaves, like you knew Woodson very much had a shot going into that. I. I mean, honestly, I don't even know because, I mean, when you look at it, it's not just like Bryce Young's a heavy favorite. It's like he's like a, a 1 to 20 favorite. And then I think the next closest is Aiden Hutchinson at like 16 to 1. Like, we are talking about such a massive – this would have to be such a horrible line from Vegas that you don't really see it. Like, I mean, in sports we see upsets and we see, you know, like last week, as we mentioned, Alabama I think closed as a 7.5-point underdog and they win in a blowout. But – that's a that's a competition. Like this is right. this is just voting. Like yeah. This would be honestly, I think the closest thing is like the election of twenty sixteen. And even if you look at that, like Donald Trump was still like minus three, you know, plus three hundred. It wasn't like it wasn't like yeah. you know, plus sixteen hundred. Like I don't even I honestly don't even know what the equivalent would be. Yeah, he still had like a that. fifteen to twenty percent chance yeah. of winning. Uh, I don't think that that's – there's no implied odds of 15 to 20% for anybody here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing is, like, you know, look, look nationally at just a casual observer. Everybody who know everybody knows who Bryce Young is. I don't even think people know what position or team Aiden Hutchinson plays for. If I you're not a I, college football fan. I think that's more than fair. You're like, who? I, what? what? I, I think that's a very, very good point. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into bowl season. Coaches – that treat bowl season properly and those that don't. We're also going to get into some college hoops. We'll discuss all that next on BetQLU. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to 
QLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. RJ, we got bowl season upon us. It will officially begin six days from when you are listening to it. And we've got, of course, 42 excellent games. There's a couple of things, I think, to keep in mind in bowl season. Whenever you are looking at odds or you're looking at the line, you need to ask yourself one question to start. Which of these teams cares? Which of yeah. these teams wants to be here? Bowl season more than anything, throw your power ratings out. It doesn't matter because there's going to be opt-outs. There's going to be what you really have to become is a psychologist. You have to figure out which team wants to be at that game and work from there. Also, I think there's another big thing to consider. There are certain coaches that truly treat bowl games like they're still significant, I guess maybe is the appropriate word. And with that, yeah. with that being said, like I know it sounds like I'm ripping on bowl season. I love bowl season as much as anyone else. You're going to give me a game at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday in the middle of the week. Like, yes, I'm obviously going to watch. I'm going to bet it. But there's a few names that come to mind that I think everyone needs to be aware of. Much like my society of coaches that cover, I've got my society of coaches that cover in bowl games. Jimbo Fisher, 8-2 and two in bowl games. Kyle Whittingham, 11-3 and three in bowl games. Mike Gundy, 10-5. and five. Saban, obviously, you wouldn't expect it. Sneaky great bowl coach. 17-10 against the number. Kirk Ferentz, big bowl game guy. 11-6. and six. And one of the guys that I can't stand the most in college football, I got to give him props. He gets his guys to play for bowl games. Hugh Freeze, four and one against the number in bowl games. Ooh, you know, I got uh, I got a couple of guys that I could throw in here. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see uh, PJ Fleck in a bowl game. He's just mm. to row the boat. Oh uh, yeah, row the boat guys are process guys. Oh, process yeah. guys, you know, they're not results oriented. Uh, they're and that's why I like I like PJ. That's why I like Jason Garrett, even though I like the, I was like the, I was the last one in DFW to still be sporting him. I'm a process guy. I get it. I think that resonates with players uh, when, when you when you're not there for nine years and you're only there with with these kids for for two to four years. Uh, I, I think a process guy like him, they are day to day, and I think he is a great guy for a bowl game. Uh, Minnesota, they got a game against West Virginia, and then I'll give you another one. Oh, and to your point. Uh, looked it up. He's four and one against the number. That's a great call. There you go. And I'll go another guy. And this is a guy who has a reputation of falling flat in bowl games. But Bob Stoops. Big game Bob. Bob. Got a big game Bob. He's got a nine and nine bowl record. But how many of those are in the national championship against great teams? Yeah. You know, where like they were, they weren't as good as Florida. Or maybe they were as good, but they just, you know, they had Tebow, right? They they, yeah. they weren't as good as USC. Uh, they, they they lost to Boise State. That was the one. That was the one, right? But if you were to look at Bob and the other bowls, you know, I, oh, they lost to Johnny Manziel. Okay, everybody lost to Johnny Manziel that year. Bob Stoops, this is a one-off for him. He is coming in, riding in, saving the day. Let me tell you something. There is no bigger hero north of the Red River right now than Bob Stoops. While a state congressman is trying to rename three inches of highway, the Lincoln-Riley Highway, literally three inches. I mean, as petty as that is, that is, I love it, man. There is so much innuendo there with that. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. 
Bob Stoops is coming in here to save the day. Uh, so I, I, I like, you know, give me P.J. Fleck and Bob Stoops as my coaches uh, that I would look for to, uh, to perform uh, in a bowl game. And as much as it pains me to say this, I love Dana Holgerson. Dana is the opposite. Dana treats bowl games as an opportunity to go hit the felt. One in seven against the number. His one cover was when they were in the Orange Bowl at West Virginia against Clemson. He got him up for the big game. But when it yeah. comes to these other bowl games, Dana just doesn't care. He's looking for the, the closest place that he can go lay some chips down. His coaching mentor also, not the greatest bowl coach. I love him as well. But Mike Leach, not great in bowl games. Three and seven against the spread. Jeff Munkin, we mentioned it earlier, the Army head coach. I know everyone finds it's hard to believe. He gets his kids up for bowl games. Three and one also against huh. the number. Those are things to Wait. consider. Also, with you, Big you Game Bob, don't yeah. sleep on his brother. Mark Stoops, also great. Gets the boys up. Usually he's got contract stipulations. Usually gets his guys to play hard in bowl games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, look, it's amazing that the, uh, the kids at Army – uh, take uh, take pride in what they're doing. Yes, that's, that's remarkable. I was I was I was kind of surprised to see that stat. Holy cow! Like you want to say, like if you were to pick five teams that would get up for bowl games, I'd be like, oh, let's see, Army, Navy, and Air Force be three of them. Uh, the service cat, yeah, th those guys are going to do their job, man. Also, this kind of surprised me because he didn't strike me as the guy that would be great in bowl games because usually they're kind of disappointing. James Franklin's got a sneaky good record, six and three against the spread at Penn State in bowl game. All right, let's turn our attention to the hardwood. We got college basketball. It's in full force. RJ, I've got a confession to make. While I yeah. love investing in sports, I am not in college hoop shape. I am I'm just not there yet. I still got football brain. I will say this, though. I've been watching a ton of college hoops recently. There's a few things that stand out to me right now. And the number one thing that stands out to me we are back to it being monumental of winning on the road in college basketball. Yeah. Like it's back where, you know, I know last year we had, with it being indoors, there was not a lot of arenas that had, that had fans. We are back to where going on the road and winning, especially on a weeknight, man, it feels like college basketball is officially back. It does. I mean, that, that scene uh, at the rack in Rutgers, yeah. uh, where they beat Purdue on uh, – Old Ron Harper Jr.'s not quite half court shot. I mean, that was a that was a. I I used to go oh, to that basketball camp. That was depressing to you too, right? To see Ron Harper Jr. in college basketball like that. That like you're a little bit older than I, but like that was wildly depressing to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched his dad play, and and I think yeah. I was in college when I watched his dad play, and that was that was pretty depressing. Uh, like, well, you know, but that that um. That that Rutgers has been a bad program for a long time. Now they've gotten they've gotten better of late. And the COVID year, the you know, March of 2020, they were gonna make the tournament for the first time since like the 70s. Uh like it, it was a long time coming, maybe the early 90s, long time coming uh, for Rutgers to make the uh, the NCAA tournament. And now they've got themselves a really, really good win. I followed a little bit of it. Uh I I, I do enjoy to place uh, a wager or two. On college hoops, me and my neighbor, we are just huge college hoops fans. Of course, he's that fake Duke fan that everybody hates. You know what Ugh. I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Terrible. Uh, the Coach K retirement tour is already insufferable. It is. It is. And I can't wait for John Shire uh, to show, like, like we're going to find out what Duke's program really is about. 
A few other notes. It's also difficult for us to discuss college basketball because unlike college football, where we basically have lines the entire week, college basketball lines typically do not come out until day of the game. So right. we, you know, for those that are listening here on Friday, most of the games that you'd be that we'd be talking about, they've already occurred. And if you're listening on Saturday, they've already occurred. So a couple of notes. Uh, I covered Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss. He's one of my all-time favorite human beings. Right now he's at UAB. And let me tell you what. I can tell you this about Andy. Andy always knows the line. They're seven and one against the number six and zero at home. Just, oh. just a little kernel of truth out there. If you see a UAB line that looks tasty, my guy always knows the number, and he always, if he can, he does cover. Yeah. Look, there is. Uh, there's a couple of. Uh, there's, there's a couple of notes that you could take from early on in the season. One, uh, if you look at a team like Iowa State, mm. undefeated. <laughs> Three wins against top 25 teams. They beat Xavier. They beat Memphis. Uh, and they beat Iowa. Yeah. And they beat Iowa. Uh, Arizona blew out number four, Michigan. They're having a good start to their season. And, I mean, this this will annoy everybody. But Alabama is dangerous yep. in basketball, too. And you want to talk about having – and it's a unique – it's not a unique style anymore, but, like, all that team does is chuck threes. I mean, they are the war- Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets with James Harden of of college basketball. They've got that – they've probably got that analytics team out there saying it's a dunk or a three. There's nothing in between, but they're fun to watch. They really, really are, and they're good. They beat number one Gonzaga. Uh, they're, they're a solid squad. Also, if you're somebody that's out there and if you're watching college hoops and you just decide, I, I just want points, 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 and you want to bet the overs – Look for Columbia. Columbia, 8-1, and one, hitting the over on the season. Also, UMass, sneaky good on the over, 8-2. and two. SMU plays at a frantic pace, 8-3 and three on overs. La Tech also at 7-0. and oh. We got number 22, Wisconsin, taking on Ohio State. Wisconsin survived a scare. Indiana was up on them like 20 in the first half, but Wisconsin survives. They take on Ohio State at a, uh, 12 Eastern if you're listening here on Saturdays, Houston takes on Alabama, as previously mentioned, Villanova at Baylor. We got some big top 25 matchups. I'm at that point right now, though, RJ, this is a this is a self-scout week for me. This is where I get into it. I, I get the notepad out. I know you're going to be on the air for four hours, but this is a big scout week for me. I'm still not quite there yet, but I understand I got to get up to speed quickly. Well, look, it, it doesn't it, – it's really not that – doesn't take that long. It's, you know, football, you've got 100 people, 100 players of the team. You've got 22 starters. In basketball, I mean, every team, except for Kentucky, has like one guy yeah. that you got to worry about. Uh, and, and it's so coach-driven. College sports is so coach-driven, uh, and it's a styles-make-fights thing. Like, you know, we, last couple of years, we, we've not really talked much about Kentucky in general. Yeah. Um, and, and that's we surprising. About with football. <laughs> yeah, there are football, there are basketball, there are football school this year. Or they have been. I mean, literally, they have a chance to win 10 games this year. Like, they have a chance to win 10 games under Mark Stoop. He has done a remarkable job. Want to remind you that we're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturdays. Then it's BetQLU in the action. RJ and Ari tomorrow, starting at noon Eastern, they're going to be with you all 
for four, I should say, not all afternoon, but they're going to be with you for four hours sweating out college hoops and more. It's all on BetQL. It's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU.